Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. A better business starts with planning for profit. Download our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. This is Entree Architect Podcast, and you're listening to episode 153. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm Whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. One of my favorite parts of growing Entree Architect and producing this podcast is that I have this opportunity to speak with passionate people about pursuing their dreams. I I think most of us architects are born dreamers. I think it's part of us, part of who we are as architects. We're creative people, we're born dreamers. But I also think that we tend to be afraid to pursue those dreams, that they're always just stuck in our head and very rarely do we uh, find a way to, to reach those dreams and live those dreams. Success in achieving your greatest goals can only occur by doing one thing. Start. You need to make a plan and then take that first step and move towards your dreams. You need to start. This week, 
at Entree Architect Podcast. I'm speaking with architect Victor Caban Diaz about big ideas and pursuing your passion as a small firm architect. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by TrueStyle, the leader in high-end architectural interior doors. Have you checked them out yet? Learn more at TrueStyle.com. And FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, track your time, and get paid faster. Learn more at FreshBooks.com slash architect. Victor Caban Diaz, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Hey, Mark. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's, I say back because you were here very briefly uh, in episode 124 when we did the announcements for the Architecture Business Plan Competition, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but Victor, was uh, he's the founder of Building Ingenuity, an architecture and development firm based in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. He's an architect. He's a developer. He's a BIM consultant. He's an AIA leader. He was just elected vice president and vi- uh, president-elect for the Fort Lauderdale chapter of AIA. And, and he's so much more. He's, he's probably one of the most passionate architects I've ever met about achieving his dreams. He has this idea of what he wants to do, uh, and he's, he's on target for doing what he wants to do, and he's passionate about it. Uh, and so I wanted to have this opportunity to bring him to you. Um, we... Uh, Victor's also a friend of Entree Architect uh, Academy, where he presented uh, a session called Optimizing BIM for your architecture firm. So he's a BIM consultant. He's doing all these different things. Um, but I've invited him back here to share his story and allow him to sort of maybe inspire you to reach for your dreams. He's doing some really, really interesting and innovative things with his firm. And I wanted to uh, bring him here and share it with the Entree Architect community. Uh, but before we do that, I want to do what we always do. I want to, before we get into uh, the depth of what we're going to talk about today, I want to hear Victor's story. So Victor, could you uh, share your origin story? I'd love to know when you learned about architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, uh, and, and share that story. Share that story from where you were to where you are today. Well, it's a, it's kind of a little funny story. Um, it really started back in high school. Uh, I actually didn't make the decision to to study architecture till I had to make a decision on where I was going to go to college. Because growing up, I had all these ideas. Oh, I want to be an astronaut. You know, I, I was thinking about um, very passionately being a comic book artist. But you know, the funny thing is that I was very involved in collecting comic books and c- collectible card games. And for some reason, I had this idea, like, I guess people deflated my dreams at that time that comic comic books weren't going to go anywhere. The Internet was going to make it die. Little I know, it would be a huge industry. Music uh, movies are blossoming le- everywhere, yeah. everywhere, left and right. But, you know, I put that dream away and I was like, OK, well, what am I really good at? In high school, I was very good at math and art. And I was like, I need a career where I can do both. So, you know, just researching careers, architecture was the one I kind of landed. I was like, okay, well, I can use my talent for math and art in this career. So, you know, obviously I researched uh, a bunch of universities and I ended up landing at the University of Miami in Florida. And, and I 
and I purposely was choosing universities in big cities because I came from a little small town in uh, Connecticut and I wanted to get more exposure to more culture and to life in general, like social life. Um, and so I went down to Miami, got my bachelor's in architecture as an accredited program. And I uh, started my career. And I would, uh, I would actually say in the beginning of my career, it was really tough. You know, uh, as with most architects, you know, doing a lot of red lines, you know, not really feeling like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not doing any designing. I thought I would be, you know, doing curvy buildings and everything. And all I keep doing is these markups that the project manager keeps doing for years and years. I actually started out doing 3D modeling first. And then my uh, the principal of the firm asked me if I wanted to grow or if I just wanted to be a uh, 3D modeler for the rest of my life. I said, no, I want to be an architect. So I had to quit the 3D modeling and pass it on to the next intern. Um, so I... Uh, you know, I, I, I started moving on in my career and I ended up uh, jumping around a lot, actually, from firm to firm every two to three years. Um, and, and the reason why, you know, in the middle of my career, we hit the recession and it was just really hard to like advance and feel like I was uh, I was bringing value because my salary was going nowhere. And I had I had the um, the experience where if I jumped around, you know, every once in a while, I had an easier time convincing new people to give me a higher salary than the people who actually, you know, I was working for, you know, so um, that's why I ended up jumping around a lot. Um, and just recently, I, uh, I was working for Styles in Fort Lauderdale, and I decided that, you know, it was time. I had been, the idea for building Ingenuity, I've actually had it in my brain for over five years. I came up with it back in 2010. You know, I'd been following the whole architect as developer concept when it came out, I heard about it through, you know, AIA. I saw, I attended conference um, workshops on it and it was just really, it really amazed me of, of, you know, the fact that you could control your project and actually reap the rewards from it with residual income. And I had always been about residual income because I had a, an experience with something early in my architecture career called Amway. And I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Amway. It's a, um, a, a direct selling kind of multi-tier some people call it a pyramid um, but the experience in Amway I wasn't very successful in it but the concept and the experience I had in the few years I was in it was, left an impact on me because it real I realized wow you know it would be really interesting if there was a way I could replicate this through architecture where I could help other people succeed through architecture and that's kind of where building ingenuity started blossoming in my head. And then when I saw architect as a developer, everything just kind of connected. Yeah. That's when I was like, here's a way I could help other architects through architecture and actually develop residual income. So just recently I left styles from Fort Lauderdale and um, I just started uh, building ingenuity, which I've had on the side for a while, but now I'm going full time. And through Building Ingenuity, as you had stated before, I offer three services, traditional architecture, which is focused on residential, mixed use, and uh, commercial. Um, I also do parking garages. And uh, I do BIM consulting, where I, can, I, I focus on architects. Architects are my target market. And I help other architects either using traditional building, uh, BIM consulting, or I actually will help them train their staff to learn how to use Revit and BIM better 
And I also uh, train their upper management and executives and project managers on how to manage a team and how to structure their firm so that the transition from AutoCAD to Revit is smooth and they can make a profit rather than feeling like they're losing their shirt every time they do a Revit project. It's very frustrating to a lot of architects and that's where I saw a lot of opportunity. And then lastly, um, as you know very well from my um, experience in the um, competition, um, yeah, I offer, um, I do building development. I recently bought a property near here, near downtown Fort Lauderdale, and I'm gonna be developing a duplex. I'm currently in the design phase, and I'm getting um, estimates from a contractor buddy of mine, and uh, that, that thing's gonna get uh, going very soon. Exciting, very exciting. So so you, you briefly talked about your idea uh, for sort of creating uh, building ingenuity to help other architects. Get get into that a little bit. Get into a, a little bit more depth. And what do you mean by that? You you talked about Amway, which is a network uh, marketing company that sort of uh, built. You know, you build a team, and that team sort of buys and sells products. And people who are upper level management get get residual income from the from the payments of other people. Uh, so, what are, what is your thought for building ingenuity for for that part of it? Well. Another thing that inspired me, with it, in addition to Amway and Architect as Developer, for this idea was a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? It's, it's a basic business book that a lot of people who are in business recommend people read. And it's about creating wealth. And in the book, uh, the main thing that they talk about is investing in other people's talents. And when you invest in someone who has a talent, there's a lot of opportunity there for you to make money. And I think the best people to invest in architects are other architects. We understand architects and what we do. And through the architect as developer concept, I am I'm looking to perfect that business model. You know, as Jonathan Siegel teaches in, there are a lot of other architects I have met that also do this business model. And then I'm going to teach other architects, not only teach them how to do it, but invest in that in their business as well. And so I see myself as not only as an architect, but a venture capitalist, where the profits I make from my own company, I'm gonna be investing in other architects so that they can uh, achieve financial stability through real estate. And I also reap rewards by helping them out. And then I also foresee, uh, in, in the essence of Amway, creating a social network of architects who are helping each other and everyone's reaping rewards. Yeah, that, that was the part that got me really excited. I love your concept. Uh, I was a, a jury member on the architecture business plan competition where you were a finalist. Uh, and that was the thing, that innovative idea, that idea that you would create uh, an organization that helps other architects sort of break into this market that everybody wants to do, but nobody knows how. Um, for one, you would teach them how. Uh, and two, you would help them financially figure that out, that you'd actually be an investor uh, in in some of those projects. Uh, I could imagine something like that growing, maybe even crowdfunding, where other architects can can invest small amounts into other architects' projects, um, and then those architects become successful, and then crowdfund other projects for other architects, and we just sort of build this network of helping support one another, both both um, you know from a financial point of view, but also from a from a uh, you know a support the knowledge base point of view that we start sharing our knowledge which is a, a major theme of mine is sharing what you know um you're doing that and, and you're building a business based on that i love it i love it 
And, and the way I see it is, you know, we're already doing that in our firms. We just don't reap the rewards. The only person that reaps the rewards of that is the person who owns the firm. But project managers are constantly teaching younger architects how to, you know, come up in the profession. And you could do that and allow the younger architect in my in my mind to become an entrepreneur, you know, because one of the things about becoming an entrepreneur is you have to fail, you have to do things, you have to take risks, you know, but if you have a mentor with you who's showing you the way, it makes things a lot easier and especially one that has a, a vested interest in your success. And being that architects, you know, know how the business runs, I don't think there's a better venture capitalist to be there mentoring you than one who knows how the profession works. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you. Thank you to two of our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, True Style Doors and FreshBooks. As platform sponsors, these companies have provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms like you and me to build better businesses in order to be better architects. Have you ever gone back to a completed project for a visit and found the doors sticking or the seams splitting and a, and a really a very unhappy client about those doors? We're in the, the client happiness business here as small firm architects. And when a piece of our project fails to perform, especially one that our clients are, are touching and seeing and using every day, it makes us as architects, it makes us look bad. And TrueStyle will make us look good. TrueStyle is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and the tools to transform our designs with the most authentic and distinctive doors available. And with more than 400 made-to-order styles, TrueStyle offers beautifully stable, premium MDF doors for painted applications and 20 standard species of wood across all architectural categories from traditional to contemporary and everything in between. They do everything. Every True Style door is made to order. True Style, driven by design. Visit TrueStyle.com and start designing your doors today. That's TrueStyle, T-R-U-S-T-I-L-E.com. And in case you're wondering, 192 hours works out to about two business days a month. Why am I doing math here at Entree Architect? Well, if you're an architect and you're using FreshBooks, it's a cloud accounting software, that's the amount of administration time that you could be saving in this coming year, 2017. How? FreshBooks is so fast and so easy to use that it changes the way that you deal with your paperwork. FreshBooks has been completely redesigned from the ground up and custom built for the way we work as architects. With new projects feature, with the new projects feature, you can share files and messages with your clients and your contractors and your employees. So you'll see how quickly things happen when all your conversations are in one place. And the new notification center is like your own personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed in your business since the last time you logged in to FreshBooks. And you'll also find out, you'll also know what needs to be dealt with right now, like overdue invoices. You'll know right there, right there on the notifications page, what's overdue and how it's overdue. 
And you can set up automatic reminders to your clients. That's my favorite feature. Is you can you can get paid by credit card and you can ha- send automatic reminders. So you send the invoice and then you can forget it and FreshBooks do the rest. So when you're ready to give FreshBooks a try, go to freshbooks.com slash architect. That's important, slash architect. And sign up for your free 30-day unrestricted trial. You get the whole thing for 30 days for nothing. And you'll get the, the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, you'll get paid faster. And that is so important as architects. Freshbooks.com slash architect. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Yeah, and so what's your timeline on this? So you're, you're very early. You said you basically just started uh, building Ingenuity as full time, you've been doing it for a while, but but it's just recently full time. What's your timeline for? Because you're not doing that now. You're not investing in other people's projects. Correct. Um, what's sort of the the plan for building Ingenuity and the phases that you're planning on going through? Well, after my first project, um, obviously, I I intend to um, start the next project right away using equity from the first project and then also from uh, money that I'm going to be putting aside from the profits I earn from my architecture and BIM consulting, you know, I'm going to start um, recruiting other architects. I already have people in mind um, to kind of branch off or you can call it franchise. Yeah. Talk, talk about that idea of franchise. How would you do that? Well, you know, um, Obviously, there are there are a lot of legalities that come with uh, establishing a franchise, and you know, and I intend on you know meeting with attorneys to really nail down all of that, all of that stuff. Um, but you know, once I've successfully created the uh, the income from one piece of real estate, and then I'm moving into the process, you know, I'm going to bring on another architect, financially back that person. You know, if they don't have their own financial backing, if they have their own financial backing, that would be great. And then also, um, you know, the equity that he can bring in from just sweat, sweat equity is also a contribution. So there's there's a lot of play here because when owners typically hire when owners typically invest in property, they have to hire an architect. But we are our own owners now. We don't have to hire ourselves. We have our ingrained sweat equity in the project that we could choose to either pay ourselves or just leave it there as equity in the, in the building. And that's something I intend to tap into with other architects. And so when you talk about franchise, so you're sort of talking about expanding building ingenuity um, with other architects and sort of opening other, you know, in other areas in other, in other regions. Yeah, I, I foresee it to be very much like a real estate firm in the sense that, you know, in real estate companies, everyone's under, you know, uh, one, you know, like a Remax, but it's right. that person's name, agent for Remax. I foresee it as that as, oh, it could be Orange Studio, a building ingenuity firm. Right. So you build the model and then that then someone will will take your model and execute on that model um, and and through that they succeed and then you you know maybe it's a licensing agreement or some sort of regular payment back to the main company it's interesting correct so what what talk about the 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 current project that you have you're very early you just purchased a property you're in 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 the process of uh talking to contractors um tell us about that and how you started that and and what that project is well you know 
Fort Lauderdale is a very hot and up and coming uh, city. You know, they the 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 market down here is a lot of people say in the real estate industry is that Fort Lauderdale is always five years behind Miami. And as you know, Miami is in the forefront of hot real estate uh, in the nation. Um, Miami is exploding. So, you know, Fort Lauderdale is and Miami has been exploding for quite a while now, a couple of years after the recession kind of tailed off. And Fort Lauderdale is following that trend as well. You come down to downtown Fort Lauderdale and you're going to see cranes left and right and even more in Miami. Um, so I have knowledge of big, big developments that are coming around in certain areas of Fort Lauderdale. So I decided to find a piece of property close to some of those major developments so that I could uh, reap the rewards of the increase in property value. So I snagged one that was within my kind of my budget and I partnered with my parents on this one. Um, and we bought a piece of property for about 120 grand. We put cash down on it. And, and it's an, in an upcoming neighborhood as well. Um, I noticed that in this neighborhood that other developers were developing the same type of model, duplexes, quadplexes, triplexes. And that's the, the model I'm staying with right now are those type of uh, residential buildings. And the reason why is because you can get a residential loan on those versus anything above five, five units and up, you have to do a commercial loan. And those are... Uh, they don't. Uh, they require you a higher down payment for that. Um, so, um, so I, I I bought the property near downtown Fort Lauderdale. It was literally five minute drive, and uh, did all my due diligence. You know, got the surveyor, um, the geotech, and then we finally bought the property. And I'm in the design stages now. I have a contractor that I work closely with in the AIA. And the contractor has been uh, giving me estimates on the variety of designs I've provided to him. So we're kind of, I have a target of 600 grand that I want the um, the construction value for the, uh, well, actually not the construction, but the whole value plus the land purchase. Uh, so it's really like 480,000 in construction value. That's trying what I'm trying to hit. And so I've had to kind of value engineer my original design because it came in a little high uh, so I can meet that. Um, but I'm really excited about it. The, the property looks really nice, uh, the design, and um, I'm working with the contractor. And I'm about to release my engineers so that we can go full throttle and construction uh, documents and uh, hopefully have break ground by summer. When you said that you, you did some research and you knew that the areas that were developing, how did you do that? How did you know when you did the due diligence on this piece of property that this is a property that was undervalued because the, mar the the development wasn't there yet, but it was coming. Well, you know, I looked at, you kind of, when you're doing this kind of market research, you kind of have to drive through the neighborhoods. So I, I drove through several different neighborhoods here in Fort Lauderdale and I went on to the uh, property appraisers um, search engine and I looked at, and this was countless of hours, just looking at different properties, comparables, you know, what, what the other properties were selling nearby and, uh, and whether or not there were properties of the type that I'm trying to do in that neighborhood. And I found this neighborhood and I was driving through it and it's kind of in a nice pocket. It's not in an area where it's already overdeveloped and the value is really high. And it's not in like a neighborhood that nobody wants to move into. It's like right in the middle. And I saw lots of other developers, like a lot of construction of duplexes and triplexes from other investors and developers going up all over the place in that neighborhood. And I found this one piece of property that was vacant and it was the least priced 
compared to all the other vacant land in that area. And I was, I was kind of wondering, why is that? Why is this one so small? I mean, so low. And then I, I, I approached the owner and it happened that the owner was a um, uh, out, out of town as international owner, uh, I think based out of Argentina. And the owner was going to put a duplex on that property. They actually put a duplex on the property right next to it, a very nice one. But they lost the ability to get financing for some reason here in the U.S., and they couldn't move forward with the project, so the kind of the land was kind of just sitting stagnant for them. So they wanted to get rid of it. So I I made an offer on it, and I actually offered less, and they accepted. So you know it was a it was a pretty good bargain because the other properties around uh, in that neighborhood were on the one fifties, one seventies, and I was able to snag it for about one twenty. Oh, that's exciting! That's exciting! It's exciting to get, to get the deal, and and to just have the piece of property that you know that. Uh, that you have something to develop. It's very exciting. Uh, and I would also like to add that on top of just driving around, I actually went around and knocked on doors and met with the neighbors because I wanted to see what type of people yeah. were living, living in that neighborhood. And I was really excited to see because I feel like it lends to the, to the model of, of, of town of duplex I'm designing that the, most of the people in the neighborhood were young millennials like myself who were d- developing families. They were professionals and they worked downtown, which is perfect because I was looking for that person that wanted a nice um, three, two and a half uh, rental and that wanted to be close to downtown, but they didn't want to be in the hustle and bustle of the traffic. So it's it was perfect that, that the type of person that was moving into that neighborhood and it, it's already established. So what's your what's your long term plan? So you you have this this project you've you've started the process you have this one development project, um, like say in the next five years, where do you see yourself? Well, I obviously I see myself um, with a large office um, with filled with architecture firms of different types because I I kind of see my office being more like a co working environment for architects where every you know every office is just a different firm and people can kind of come in and if they're looking for a specific type of architect you know i'm sure that architect will be in-house you know because i, I want to make sure that the architecture firms we have have some diversity so it's almost like a you can almost see like a grocery store of architects they can walk in and find somebody that they need whether it's healthcare, a commercial hotel you know but the point is is that these architects are leveraging their design expertise and then doing development on the side as well. So it's not just strict doing architect as developer because Jonathan Siegel preaches no clients. Right. I see, I see it more as a hybrid. Like we use our talents to enable the investment and the development, you know, because we can make as architects our, our, our equities in our brain. We can make money from thin air because we have the knowledge and know-how to make money. We just need clients. So we get those clients and we, you know, and it's the reason why architects can start out of their home because, you know, it's very low cost business. It's our talents that we offer. Um, so you use your talents to create the income to then invest it in residual income. And, and hopefully with time, the residual income becomes enough where you could either, you know, no longer work for clients and just keep investing on your own. Or it'll allow you to be a little bit more pickier on the type of clients you uh, you take on when you do projects. So, you, do you imagine that that let's say you have multiple development projects now that you you're you um, are building owners? You basically have many buildings that have rentals in them. You have plenty of income coming in. Do you imagine that you would continue working with clients, or would you just go pure pure development? 
I believe that at a certain point I'm going to go pure development, you know, cause I see it as more of a transition. Yeah. And, and the, the idea of helping other architects would be a whole nother piece of the business. Of course, ob- obviously I feel, I feel like, you know, that the industry is ripe for change and opportunity because I just, I talk to my colleagues and, you know, I sit on the executive board of the AIA. So I'm, talking to architects all the time. And I hear a lot of frustration with the traditional business model. And I, I really feel like this is an industry ripe for disruption. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's the reason I get so excited talking to you, Victor, the first time I met you, I felt this uh, when we first met that you and I have a very similar uh, way of looking at the world that we have so many ideas coming in and out of our head. Um, we have so many different ways of, of making the world a better place. It's so uh, inspiring to listen to your, your ideas and, and to see you actually executing one of them on a very large scale uh, and seeing and, and being here from the very beginning uh, and watching it actually start with the seeds of this first project. It's going to be very exciting to watch you grow and develop and turn into a very big company. I have no doubt you will. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm very driven and, and this is what I was meant to do. So I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Victor, thank you very much for joining me here today. Um, Victor's website is building ingenuity. It's it's like build ingenuity, all one word dot com. Uh, the link will be on the show notes. He's also on social media on Facebook at V Caban. It's V C A B A N. Um, Victor, are you anywhere else on social media? Um, on Twitter or Instagram or no, currently I am uh, I am on Facebook. I am not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, and that is it. And then I have my website. Okay. Uh, the Instagram is uh, Vicaban, or is it is it uh, Building Ingenuity? I have a uh, an Instagram for Building Ingenuity. The okay. Victor Caban Diaz. That's that's my personal. I only you know friend with people that I right, know. Right. So Building Ingenuity um, on Instagram. Yes. Uh, we'll right. have that all in the show notes. Uh, Victor, before we wrap, I want to ask you that question that I ask all of my guests. What is the one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I believe is get involved in your community with associations, um, your local chamber of commerce, and especially with the American Institute of Architects. You know, one of the reasons that I feel like I'm, I'm able to, you know, progress and succeed is from the knowledge and mentorship um, that I get from other architects. And also, you know, uh, as, as much as we are competitors, we do help each other. I'm getting business from my fellow colleagues and, you know, it's, it, it, it can never feel better than to be part of kind of like a group that's helping each other out. So I would, that's what I would, uh, recommend to everybody is get involved. Don't just sit there alone trying to make business from your, you know, your room in your house or from your little office, get out there, give back to the profession and get involved. Victor, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge here today at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 153. And don't forget to visit our website at entrearchitect.com and slash free course, entrearchitect.com slash free course to gain access to our free digital course, Profit for Small Firm Architects. And you'll learn how to build a powerful profit plan that will work for you and your firm. 
You will be profitable this year in 2017. Hundreds of architects have already taken this course. It's a great place to start building your better business. And it's free. EntreeArchitects.com slash free course to download it and get free access immediately. EntreeArchitects.com slash free course. My name is Mark R. LePage. And I'm an entrepreneur architect. And I love being an entrepreneur architect. I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. See you next time. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. 
there is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.